Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face And still another hundred miles to my next resting place Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon Within my car I'm all alone But feeling good and feeling strong Hey y'all, I'm Jules. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly, what is up with you? Hey Jules, I don't know, I'm hiding in my bedroom to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We got our bed set up. That's awesome, right? Oh, yay. Okay, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just realizing I didn't put the pillows around me, so you guys are hearing a little echo today. <laughs> that's okay, okay, okay. Okay, we'll just... <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, we got we got the new bed set up. Uh, the bed came in, finally. I've been sleeping on the floor on the mattress, and so the frame finally arrived, and we got that set up, and we have now two, count them, two, 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 guest two, rooms. two. Two, wait, wait, two guest rooms. Two guest rooms. All right. Well, because one of them was supposed to be an office. And as it turns out, that room echoes like a son of a bitch. Uh, if you think this is echoey, you should have heard that room before I, before I put the other bed in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So hard surfaces everywhere. It's amazing how much bounce you get. Um, and as you could hear, bang, uh, that's through closed doors and windows. We have construction workers going and they're banging periodically. So I, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> you know, they bang, they bang. bang, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah. If they would just get a rhythm, I'd be fine. <laughs> right. They, they do right? not stay on beat. Sing along with it. Right. You know, yeah. it's all good. It's <laughs> like when I was at a conference earlier this year. And a presenter was doing his thing. And all of a sudden, literally construction with like a, it was sounded like a big jackhammer, literally right outside the window. And we all just like, what? And then you had this plane that I swear to God, they just, they just like buzzed us. We were in the hotel and they just came low and so he's just, he's just looking up like, really? And I said, well, that was two. We have one more to go. Sure enough, the hotel manager went and told him, Y'all wait till everything's done. They didn't listen. Here comes Jackhammer again. So it happens in threes. <laughs> yes. Best laid plans, man. Which, of course, is what happened yesterday. We were supposed to be doing this recording yesterday, and I lost power for eight hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Someone ran into the main uh, power line and took down power for the entire city. Yeah, it was down oh for eight hours. So, gosh, yeah, yeah, because you were so telling we went me to one of the hotels that had a, a generator, and uh, we went and bought some dinner there and used the generator to get online and do what I needed to. But <laughs> oh my god, yeah, because you were saying that when you know y'all do sporadically lose power, but it's only like for a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's been the case thus far. But yeah, I'm like, hmm, maybe a generator is a plan. Although even with the generator, we wouldn't have been recording because those damn things are loud. Yes, they're very, very loud. So, all right. So today we are going to talk about how fear steals your life. All right. So big bad monster in the room fear because we're scared. We're scared Well, because we get used to normal stuff. 
No, but we're scared all the time. We're scared all the time. Scared all the time. And her child is running the bus and he doesn't, and, and, and he doesn't know how to draw it. Pedal to the metal. <laughs> but I can't reach the pedals. Oh, well, that's a problem. Yeah, so, can't so, reach the pedals. Uh oh. So I, I'm, I'm just like sitting here at the wheel going, back and forth with the wheel, not getting anywhere, but terrified because I can't hit the pedals and everybody's going in front of the bus and I don't know what the <laughs> bus is doing. And then and, 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 and I might hit them and then I'd have to feel bad about it. No, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our audience could see this for the love of Abdullah. I wish they could see your faces whenever you do this. Oh, my God. I am very in touch with my inner child. Yes, she is. (laughs) Y'all, she had the, like, okay, y'all, remember the old show, like, Laverne and Shirley? And it was like, Laverne goes... With the lip, and she had all poked out. Oh my God, she just had her lip poked out. I mean, just and the whole. But I, well, I want the popsicle. You can't have the popsicle, but I want the popsicle. And here's the ice cream cone. And poop, there went the ice cream. I mean, the whole quivering, everything, y'all. This is hilarious. All right, so so. So, so you, we anyway. needed this after 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 today yes. and yesterday we needed this. Yes. All right. So you know we we spend a lot of time in fear, and that I mean that's sort of the basis of how you start, and you know it's instilled into you from a very young age because your parents are constantly going, "Don't touch that! Ah, don't go over there! Don't run out in the street!" Because they're desperately afraid that you're going to get killed, right? And or that you're going to maim yourself because you know kids are stupid and they're likely to do that, and so you know they don't understand how the world works yet. Well, so we internalize that. And if you've had trauma on top of it, which, hello, yes, this is what we do here. Hello, audience. Uh, <laughs> hello, audience. Yes. <laughs> then, then the fear gets amped and it's amped and amped and amped up. And, and we're just sitting here going, ah! fear becomes anxiety, right? Fear that does not end becomes anxiety. Okay. Okay, so that's when it's never been addressed or we don't know how to address it because we actually don't – do we realize that we're fearing everything or it's just so ingrained it's kind of like, eh, that's just, just how life is? Yeah, I think it, – well, it's a constant state of hypervigilance, right? So if you are constantly in a state of hypervigilance, if you're constantly waiting for something to come flying at your face and you're on the lookout for it at all times, that's living in fear right there. That is the, the classic definition of it because you're in fear that something's going to come flying at your face. Now it is a warrior's response to fear, but it is fear. Okay. So the, the thing that you've got to pay attention to is that fear as an energetic will bring to you, it will manifest things that you get to be afraid of because what we focus on is what expands in our lives. And that's what we manifest. And that's what you manifest, right? So if you're constantly looking for something to go wrong, you will find something. Okay. So like whenever I was at the beginning of my journey and it, and I was worried about money all the time and, oh, what if my car breaks? Oh, what if the house AC goes out or whatever? That's when, you know, uh, Murphy's law kicks in and it's like, and he's like, yeah, guess what? Hold your beer. Let me show you how, how good this is going to be. 
and whenever I was going going through the course and everything, and we had discussed that because it's kind of like you know, broke, stupid, and you know, regret. They move in. <laughs> And desperate, move in, and then you you get really desperate because I'm fearful of everything. And oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, to be clear, stupid moves in only because fear steals ten per- ten points off your IQ. If you are afraid, you are, and this is statistically proven through psychological studies. If you are afraid, you are ten points lower on your IQ chart because your amygdala kicks in and it steals 10 points of IQ from you. So you are literally stupider. That's funny and amazing and interesting all at the same time. Wow. And I guess that that was going back to just basic functions. If you're in fear, that's just that basic function kicking in to try and protect yourself. Yes. And if fear kicks in and it gets pumped up to panic, well, all bets are off. You've, you've just lost your ability to actually be reasonable or rational in any way, shape, or form, and you are in entirely in reaction mode. And so now you're not operating out of your brain at all. You are operating on instinct. And instinct is not going to pick the best long-term solution for you. It's just going to try and get you away to safety in the moment. Yes. It will, it will pursue your default safety mechanism, fight, flight, or freeze. That is where you go when you go into panic, fight, flight, or freeze, wherever, whichever one's yours. Yeah. All right. So how do we start battling the fear or at least identifying, like, if it's a real fear, like, there is a bad guy that's after me, I'm about to be mugged. Well, that's a valid know, fear. Right. That That's a valid fear. Or, oh, my gosh, um, you know, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. That was one of my big ones. Like, everything's going great. What's about to happen? Yeah. And I have to tell you, that is not just a trauma response. That is a trained response from American theater, American media. If you think about it, every movie you've ever seen, unless it was the end of the movie, if everything was going well, things are about to go horribly wrong. Yeah. You know, that always happens, especially in those romantic comedies. It's kind of like they're about to kiss. No, they're not. They're about to do this. Oh, God, she just died. You know, it happens in dramas, too. It's it's a classic uh, theme throughout American cinema. So that is not just a trauma response. That is also a trained response from American cinema. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay, so not only have we been trained from our childhood, say from parents and and all that, um, but then also from external factors, you know, watching movies and all that. So, oh, how much or does this um, come over from, um, say, past lives that we've had? So, or trauma or ancestral stuff? Very little in most people's lives. So, in some people's lives it does, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm Go back to Galileo and, and the Indigo Girls song. You know, it's a, someone in a past life must have crashed his little airplane and now I can't fly and I'm afraid of flying and all this other stuff, right? So that sort of thing can, in fact, move forward. I mean, I've, I've known people who drowned in past lives who hate the water in this life and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it can happen in very specific form, but it's not generally in ways that are going to limit your life, uh, except, <laughs> except in business. I see it happen a lot in business. 
So especially in people in a spiritual path who are looking to start a spiritual business where they will get paid for their gifts. If you were killed for your gifts in a past life, like burned at the stake or drowned as a witch or, you know, any of those things, then uh, it can be very difficult to actually launch your business to, because there's this fear of being seen that shows up. It's like, I'm going to get killed for my gifts. And uh, <clears throat> that's a huge limiting factor. And it shows up not just there, but also in personal power and whether or not you're willing to accept your power and, you know, all of that, because that can play into it as well. So there, the vast majority of what I, of the fear that I see that stops people from having the best life they could have, from being their truest, fullest, authentic self and on purpose and out in the world as their best self, the, the fears that are related to that are the ones around being seen by others, being vulnerable to others, and being willing to do your own work and face your own demons, right? <clears throat> do, do I have to look at the places I don't want to look at? Do I have to, you know, step into the pain that I've, I've been stuffing for all these years? Do I have to, you know, go back and look at stuff? And by the way, you generally don't have to go backwards and look at stuff. Uh, and for the most part, you can deal with whatever's true right now. And the, the past stuff isn't super critical for probably 80% of what you do for the first couple of years of your work. Um, you know, do you go back to it later in deeper processes? Yeah, you may go back to it then. But for the vast majority of the first parts of your work, you won't have to do that. And by the time you get to the point where you do, you'll be much stronger, much more solid, much more capable of doing that work. So the, the challenge, though, with fear is that we don't know what to do with it. And, and if you run from it, it gets bigger. And it the gets further bigger. you run, oh yeah, it gets bigger. Because you're giving it your power. When you run from fear, you're telling it, you are bigger than me, I can't do this. And you're handing your power to your fear. When you turn and face the fear, you take the power back and the fear shrinks. The fear only has as much power over you as you give it. Okay, so like whenever, because I did not start learning how to swim till I was an adult. So I was cool if I, as long as I could touch bottom. But I had an, just fear of drowning and, and all of that because I couldn't tread water. And so I literally did, did not get the cojones to, to face that until I was an adult, you know. And so I went, I found a wonderful teacher and um, she tricked me. She was holding me actually by my shorts because she told me she was like, okay, because it was a private lesson. Cause I was like, I'm going to do this. Right. So I went, had my swimsuit on, but she's like, wear some shorts, like gym shorts. She, and she was like, okay, we're going to go slow. Don't worry. She's awesome. And she was holding me by my shorts unbeknownst to me. And I'm doing the motion of treading water. And she's like, oh, no, I got you. I got you. I'm like, okay, don't let go. Don't let She's like, just relax. I got you. Before I knew it, she had floated because I had my eyes closed because I was so I could just relax and not think about it. Before I knew it, I opened my eyes and she's looking at me dead in my face and I'm doing it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was but it was it was I was I was petrified. Yeah, you probably drowned in a past life. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. and and as a little kid, 
my mom had taken me to swim lessons like what at the YMCA and stuff, right? And I had a fear of heights. Well, the instructor said, oh, no, you're going to climb up to the top board and dive off. And so, of course, as a little kid, like five or six years old, I don't care if it's six feet off the, off the ground. It looks like you could just as soon be massive, right? And so I was crying. I was so scared. I climbed down off of it. And um, my mom's having a heart attack because she's, you know, her nickname is Chicken Little. So, <laughs> you know, so she's upset and everything. And, um, yeah, so I never got over that. So I never went back for swim lessons or anything like that. But I remember just being terrified. Yeah. Nothing like traumatizing your students. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you'll be fine. Just jump. And I was, mm you know, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that was terrible. So that, that was the fear that I had. So and, and until I was an adult, yeah, that fear was bigger than me. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, fears can be like that. <clears throat> I went to... um I went to a private school for one of my years of high school and the instructor for the drama department, uh, I tried out for guys and dolls and I wanted to play Adelaide and she sings the, you can feed and roll day with the vitamin A and the bromo fizz, right? And I sang it like that. And she came out and she looked at me and said, come back when you learn how to sing. And it demoralized, demolished me. I was... But you were seeing and the character. I was. And she was just being a bitch. And she completely demolished me. And uh, <clears throat> I spent years, years fighting against that fear that she created. I was in... I was lead singer in multiple bands. I, I went out on stage time and time and time again, every time with those words haunting me. And I was just like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, it's fear can be debilitating, right? And yet I didn't stop. I didn't, I didn't let it stop me. I kept facing that fear. And now I'm actually, you know, somebody's reached out to me and they said, you know, would you host Boquete's Got Talent? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. They're like, and you can sing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be the host. I'll do a little singing. It'll be great. And I've got no concerns about it. Right. But that's been 40 years, you know, (laughs) you know, have I been over it for longer than that? Yes, I have. But, you know, for, you know, for, for, it hasn't been the entire time, but it took me a long time to get over it. Right. Because I didn't understand how to take it back. I didn't understand how to take my power back. I didn't understand how to look at her and say, you're a small person who feels the need to beat up a child. And I don't need to care about your opinion. Right. Yeah. When you make yourself feel bitter by beating up a child, yeah, your life sucks. And, uh, you know, I can have pity for you and, tell, and, and just be like, yeah, your opinion doesn't matter, right? But I, it took me a long time to realize that, right? So, but this is how fear steals your life. If I had let her tell me that I didn't know how to sing, I would not be doing sound healing today. I would not be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing with my songs today. Nothing. And, and wouldn't have over all these years and nobody would have had the benefit of, of all the stuff that I've done. That's crazy. So it can have, it can have huge, uh, not repercussions. That's not the right word. Repercussions. Um, yes. Is it repercussions? Yes. Um, as far as us not uh, addressing it, 
And so, so that's all a part of taking your power back and really sitting in it. What, what would, yeah, I was going to say, what, what are some steps to kind of help everybody? Yeah, my, my policy in life is if something scares me and is not likely to kill me, I'm going to go do it because anything that scares me has power over me. And so I don't want to be without my power in any direction. So there we go. Right. Mm -hmm. So if like, I feel no need to jump out of a perfectly good airplane that could kill me. And I don't like the feeling of falling. I don't like it. I I don't like it either. Nope. Mm -mm. So nope, not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. There's no upside to me for that. Right. There's nothing that's stopping me from that. But if you have a fear of something, now let me be clear. I am not saying a fear of confronting your abuser. I want to be clear that. Okay. I want to be clear about that. I am not talking about that sort of thing because in general, confronting your abuser does not give you any joy. It is, it it is a very rare situation that the abuser will ever take responsibility for it. And so therefore it is generally a waste of time. But what I am saying is if something, if you're looking at something and thinking about something and thinking you'd like to do it, but it scares you, that is the thing that I'm talking about, right? Or if you're curious about something and it scares you, that's what I'm talking about, right? If it's not likely to kill you and it's something you want to do, then this is a moment to just like find a friend to go with you and do it, right? Get a little moral support, put your big girl panties on and off we go, right? This is, you just have to remember that wherever you're feeling limited by fear in your life, that's a place where you actually want to go and you're not going for the, because of the fear, like moving to another country. I don't know how to do this. Uh, yeah. You know, that could be pretty scary. Right. And then, you know, I had a moment in the empty space of the two weeks before, just before we left when the house was under contract and there was nothing left to do where I was just sitting in that empty space going, what the hell did I do? I just sold everything I've, I own and, 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 and I'm going someplace I've never been before. And, and, and what the fuck, right? Oh yeah. And, a moment. and I have to review how to speak Spanish, by the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> I did do a lot of Duolingo during that time, but, but yes, this is, this is what I'm saying though, is that there's this, there's always a moment of fear. Okay. Being, being brave doesn't mean you don't feel fear. There is no bravery. If there is no fear, you must feel the fear in order to be brave. Otherwise you're just being. And the other thing I was thinking about too, and, uh, and not, how you were talking about, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you have to exit safely, right? That's a whole nother topic for a whole different day, right? Whole, totally different. But one is a fear of being alone. So I accept said relationship as it comes along because eh, this is pretty good. Yeah. That's, but, you know, or I jump into enough. this one, right? Yeah. It's good enough. They're settling. Yeah. 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 It's not what you want. But it's good enough. And then you go through the, well, no relationship is perfect, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I got to tell you, if you are saying that about your relationship, it's probably not the right one. Okay, because, you know, yes, there will be times in your relationship with the right person where you're like, "Mm, I wish this were different. 
But those times are few and far between if you're in the right relationship. If you're having to do that more than like every six months, you're probably not in the right, right relationship. So, and then it's a matter of being willing to be alone with yourself. I found, I found that um, in uh, people that I've been speaking with, you know, lately and in, in different, of course, they're a lot younger than I am. I'm the mama, you know, and, and uh, youngins that, that it, it is a fear of, well, but I'm by myself. I don't want to be by myself. So they'd rather either be in a group or be in some type of relationship, um, even to the point where there's no commitment. They're just, you know, swipe left, swipe right, swipe diagonal, whatever, just so that they're not alone. Because whenever, um, this is a quote from one of them, when I'm alone with my thoughts, it's scary. Yes. And that's because you're running from your feelings. And that that's the fear, right? That's the fear that makes you run and it makes us stupid. So we settle for people that we look back on later and go, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> And, and trust me, I got a few of those in my life. I got, right? I got a few of them going. I don't did. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you're just like, "What the?" F-? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's when you make bad decisions is because you're running from your fear of what you're going to find if you sit alone with yourself. I gave one of my students the assignment that that she wasn't allowed to get into a new relationship for a year. And she about melted down because everything was about trying to find a partner. It wasn't about being solid in yourself. Right. And so you are not fit to be with a partner until you are solid with yourself. And if you're wondering why you're getting shit boyfriends and girlfriends, it's because you haven't done that work. You have to be the person that the healthy person would want to be with if you want to get a healthy person to be in relationships with, in relationship with. So this is the thing. And then like we were talking about, you know, society and I don't know how it is to kids nowadays, but way back when and, you know, when Fred Flintstone and I were dating, you know, and, and, you know, you start dating then, oh, when you get married, when you get married, oh, when you having kids, you know, oh. Well, now you have kids. When you have more, when am I getting my grandkids? When am I getting? It's all these bullshit expectations. And it's like, I'm sorry, can I please freaking live my life? I never wanted kids. I never had the urge. I was one of the, you know, you know, I never had the urge, nope. you know, and Not then once. and you looked at the baby and said, want that, want that. Not so much. Wah, go. <laughs> yeah. Happy to hang out. I'm the great aunt. I'm a great aunt. Love the little kids as long as I can hand them back when they spaz out, you know? Like I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. Raised my mom, did my job. So then, <laughs> yeah. So then it was the fear of not living up to expectations. Yes. That's a huge one for people. And, and I, and I have friends that have been married and divorced, you know, from, oh, well, we dated as high school sweethearts. We got married. We never should have gotten married. 20 years later, they finally admit this, or I never should have married my husband because I just did that to move out of my parents' house. Blah, 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 you know, or God, God forbid you got pregnant. Now you, quote unquote, have to marry the guy or guy has to marry the girl. That's a whole nother bunch of bullshit. Um, babies do not need a job. So <laughs> they just don't just let me have kids, you know, but all of that, all of that is fear based. So that's kind of all different kinds of fear that limits all us. sorts of ways to to lose 
parts of your life to it, right? And, you know, the challenge is, is that you're, you're often faced with the, the question of, do I do the thing that's expected of me and smother myself? Or do I do what I want to do and risk being shunned from my family, right? Risk being the black sheep, the, the disappointment. Oh, that's the hardest one, right? Oh, yes, disappointment. disappointment. And if you're Catholic, they always go, you're going to hell. You know you're going to hell. I'm like, I'm driving the bus. I'll save you a seat because trust me, you're right there next to me. You ain't all angel and wings and all that. <laughs> judge not lest ye be judged i'll save you a seat yeah, yeah. glass house right. anybody so yeah <laughs> you know. i love that yeah <laughs> that was the thing that drew, drove me out of the church too was that it was the the hypocrisy of the people who were sniping at the uh at the coffee clash after church about who didn't show up and why and gossiping and i'm just like yeah <laughs> Did you listen to the sermon? Because you're not acting like you heard it. Yeah. Well, that applies to them, not me. Because, see, I have been in this church 65 years, and I know better. So I'm not gossiping. I'm just talking. Don't know why I did that accent. It's just, you know. <laughs> I know why you did that accent. <laughs> Trust me. I know those women. I've you met know? them. Yes. They all talk like that. Well, they do. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. Yes. Anyway, we, we digress. So anyway, yes. the, the, the point is, and, and the, but that's another fear-based thing, right? Is that, you know, I have to show up to church and I have to be a good, good person and I have to do everything I'm supposed to do because the church expects it of me. These are all expectations as well, right? And so to a certain extent, if you want to live a fear-free life, you have to be willing to be a little bit of a rebel, not because you're rebelling against the things that are happening around you, but just because you're willing to go against the grain to be yourself, not to be defined. So rebellion is defining yourself as being in opposition to the thing that you're rebelling against. Therefore, it is still defining you, right? But to to be willing to go against the thing that does not feel in alignment for you is not being in rebellion against it. It is simply being willing to deal with whatever the consequences are of the choices that you're making that are not in alignment with the, the structure, right? That's different. It's saying, no, I don't want to do this. This feels more aligned for me. I'm going to go do this thing over here, which is very different than saying, fuck you, I hate you. I'm doing the exact opposite of what you tell me. Just to piss you off. Exactly. Right. That's rebellion. And you're still being defined by the thing you're rebelling against in that moment. You're not making a conscious choice from your own center and your own power. You're making a rebellion choice, which is it's an adolescent response, which for some of us, if we've been letting the inner child drive the bus and they've been five years old, getting to the 15 year old fuck you stage is actually progress. And so, you know, I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm just saying that that it's a step in the in the process, not the end result. So we just have to recognize that that's the case. We all go through rebellion. It's just a matter of getting to the other side of it so that you're standing in your power. Right. So the key with this is always to come back to your power. Where is your power? Where is your power? Where is your power? That's your question all the time. If you're feeling fear, where is my power? Have I handed my power to somebody else or something else or a situation or a 
organization or a government or a boss or a parent or a structure? Have I handed my power to somebody? And if so, take it back. You do not have to fight them for it. They didn't take it from you. You gave it to them. Just take it back. I think that's the Kellyism for today. I was going to say, take it back. <laughs> take it back. Just take it back. Just take Where's it back. Where's my power? Take it back. Take it back. Well, that is an awesome, actually, Kellyism for today because it fits right in. Wrap it up. So <laughs> take it. <laughs> All right. I'm coming back next life as a soul singer. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll do harmony for you. That'll work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, kids. Well, take your power back. Look fear in the face. Chop his head off. Be yourself. There you go. That's it. And And while you're at it, you know, like, rate, and subscribe, please. (laughs) Absolutely, please. You know, it helps the algorithms and it helps us not not to be in fear that we won't be seen. (laughs) By the way, those of you in the Netherlands and in South Africa, where we have been charting recently, thank you. Thank you all so much. Hello. I love it. That's awesome. I love hearing those updates. It's just so cool. All right. Well, that's all that we have for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules, here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon. Within my car, I'm all alone. But feeling good and feeling strong. I'm driving